Welcome back to the Worldwide Knicks Podcast, episode 32. The gang's all back together. Omar here, Rafa, Alex, after a few weeks off for uh, the conclusion of the regular season. So how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good, thanks, Omar. How are you? Oh, man, it's glad. Good to be back. Right, right. It's happy to be back. It's like I fired up Zoom and I was just like, oh man, it just feels right. You know, it's just because uh, <laughs> yeah, we have been away. It's been a few, about a month or so now, I want to say. And, you know, obviously the playoffs been going on. We'll be talking about that, but happy to have everybody back. The draft lottery just happened. So that's exciting. You know, hope springs eternal if you're a Knicks fan. And the world is your oyster. Endless possibilities. You know, who are you going to trade for? Everybody on the roster is available, apparently. You know, and, nope. and, Jul- and Julius Randle's included in every single trade. Um, so, you know, here we are. But before we get into the Knicks specific stuff, I figure we could start, you know, the playoffs are going on right now. You know, this is the whole reason you play the game to win the championship, right? So it's been a fascinating playoff, I think, guys. And I kind of want to start with, how do you feel about what's been going on in the first couple of rounds as we're, you just started the conference finals this week? So maybe maybe some surprises or some disappointments. Uh, Alex, what kind of stood out to you uh, so far watching the playoffs this year? Well, I've been kind of mostly concentrating on the East. I guess you're just kind of naturally drawn to the East being, you know, the Knicks are there. But certainly the, the Celtics-Nets game series was... I know, I know it was a sweep and we all had a bit of fun about that, but, you know, that first game obviously could have gone the next way and it could have been a different series, but it was, all the games were just fascinating, you know, because I loved that series. And Celtics-Bucks as well, it's just fantastic, you know, and I think just as a general theme throughout these playoffs and, and the NBA in general at the moment, defence seems to be kind of winning the way. And being being the kind of old guy in the group, I, I kind of love love that side of the game. Whereas all you young guys, you know, you just want to see you know you know 140 points winning a game sort of thing. You know, it's all about threes and dunks and stuff now. I just love to see that side of the game coming back and being successful. Obviously, the Heat and the Celtics, fantastic defense. You know, and and the Mavs as well have surprised me defense defense wise. So. That's been interesting. The Suns is a is a strange one. You know, I, I really saw the Suns as maybe being this this was their best chance to do it. Yeah, after last season, plus, you know, CP 3s kind of getting towards the end, and I thought this this is his kind of time. You know, and it, it just fizzled out. It was a real strange one. Certain loads of different players just didn't didn't show up. So that was a real surprise for me. I fancied the Heat. The Heat are looking strong. The fact that you know, you get two of the biggest contracts aren't even playing at the minute you know you get Lowry and, and Robinson that are, are just isn't able. that bizarre um, they just paid this guy 90 million I'm talking about Robinson more so yeah. than Lowry because I think Lowry has a little bit of an injury but this demand is out of the rotation in the yeah, second round like they just yeah. gave him 90 million like that's he's not had to a, me. he's not had a great season I had him in fantasy so I'd, I'd been kind of keeping an eye on his games and you know he'd he'd had quite a lot of rough games, uh, but they kept he, uh, Hero on the bench and and him in the starting lineup a lot. But he's been disappointing all season. And then yeah, he's, I think they've just said you know is you know he's not a great defender. So maybe that's just they think once the playoffs come around, he's you know he's just not playing well enough at the other end to to warrant a place in the team at the minute. But yes, a huge contract for you know, for that. And obviously Lowry's. You know, on crazy money at the minute, and I love love Lowry, but he's he's looking, you know, almost Kemba like, you know, that you know, it's just he's Ooh. gone, you know, he's he's looking washed now, and you know, so yeah, I mean, isn't that the, that's the risk though? You know, you got a, a point guard in his yeah. mid thirties, you know, and he you take a risk and you sign him, and you know, Miami. I mean, luckily for them, they've had you know guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess who's been able to you know slot in and get productive mm-hmm. minutes so you know that's just a testament to their their scouting and in their player development you know the, the I, as much as i hate the heat you know the that's culture. Uh, you need to say i don't want to say it i want to say it, rafa, <laughs> but you know you, you wouldn't have said it for me yeah it's all about so but but rafa where are you at with all that what have what have kind of stood out to you well, uh in the playoffs what stood out to me is how well the teams in the east that they were 
amazing during the regular season. Injuries or not, they just come to the playoffs. And that, I mean, if you look at this first round, that Heat with the with the Hawks, the, the Sixers with the with the Raptors, Milwaukee with Chicago, Boston, Brooklyn, it, it had potential to be man, game sevens all around. But well, the Nets were the Nets this season, so yeah. Chicago injuries and the Rosen was the Rosen in the playoffs uh, as predicted. So four one was fairly easy. The Raptors were outmatched. Embiid in the I mean I expected more from the Hawks. And you talked about Lowry. Lowry was important that series against the Hawks. He completely yeah. threw the, the the Hawks and Trey Young got off rhythm. Man. Trey, Trey Young did worse this season than Julius Randle did last season. So probably the Hawks should trade him. And injuries all around. I mean, if you look at the, the teams that with lost, the injuries all around. I mean, the, Men, the Men, Memphis Grizzlies lost John Morant. The D Denver Nuggets and Golden State Warriors was, had the potential to be a great season, but it's Jokic and the rest of them. So no match. And if, yeah, Dallas is being the the... The, the jewel of these playoffs. They're playing amazing. I thought they would they could lose again in the first round, but and being they're being in the finals against the Golden State Warriors, it's it, it's very really good. But I think Golden State will take take, take it to the finals. Low key, the Golden State Warriors have been playing amazingly last last couple of weeks, uh, regular season and playoffs, and they're yeah they have a good shot of winning it again, which is unbelievable. What I love about the Warriors is that they have this weird thing going on right now where they have like an old dynasty with their up and coming young dynasty in a way at the same time. And where, you know, you got Steph, Clay and Draymond, you know, those guys from, from the, from the glory years, so to speak. And you also have, you know, Jordan Poole, Kaminga, you know, Wiggins still a younger player, you know, so It's just interesting how they've been able to transition that so effortlessly. And uh, I mean, it makes you like, they make it look so easy. You know, that's, it's just like, that's the thing. That's how like, you should Why be can't we be like that? You know, it's just, it's just maddening. But for me, guys, it starts with the Brooklyn series. You know, oh they, so I wrote an article about this and I, I, I really felt, I think I've mentioned this on our last episode uh, towards uh, where we're kind of looking ahead to the playoffs. And them failing so magnificently in the first round is great to me because like they were just taking the regular season and team chemistry and all these pillars of NBA basketball and saying, we don't need it. F that. And they, you got shown why you need that stuff because you played a team that developed chemistry throughout the year. And, you know, two star players have been playing together for a very long time. And you got swept, you know, and you can't just roll in there and, you know, let the talent win. You know, it just doesn't work like that all the time. Like maybe if they were playing Atlanta or something it would have been different, but they would have taken care of business in the regular season. They probably would have played Atlanta, but they didn't. So, you know, that's what that is. But I think somebody pointed out that it was actually the Harden trade just kind of spoiled a lot because if they kept, you know, Allen and... Um, Some some of the other role players that ended up going out to kind of get Harden to kind of get Harden in, you know, they would have been able to cope with these kind of like Kyrie a bit better and and things like that. That they just they sacrificed a lot just to get that third star, and um, yeah. I think it's just showing you how hard it is now to have you know three stars and and have a you know a kind of decent you know depth within your roster. Now, so don't forget they traded away Jared Allen to bring DeAndre Jordan because yeah. Jordan it was a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if it if it's like this, Kyrie wants to run the, the Nets, please do run the Nets into the ground. <laughs> For real. <laughs> But you know, you guys talked about Dallas, you know, that they, they've been I mean this has been like the Luca coming out party, you know, Rafa, we no, were sorry. talking about this you, the other day. You you mis misspoken, not Luca. It's Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Look, you know, I was getting to him though, but it's like, <laughs> but he's you know, this, yeah, he's a lockdown defender. But this has been like the where everybody, like, I've been on the Luca train since his, since his draft. You know, I I remember saying, I've told you guys before to me that he was the best player by far in the draft that year, and 
I remember even a couple years ago, somebody asked me, you start any team, what player are you picking? Like I'm picking Luca. This guy is just a certified bucket. He's a, the modern NBA's dream offensively. He's just, he's come to play in big moments, you know, and he's pushed them into the conference finals. Now it feels like there could be some essence of like 2011 Mavs, you know, when, when Dirk got them to, to the championship there. So, but the biggest thing is just like the, just this meltdown by the Suns. you know, it's, mm. it's a, I don't know, man. I, I can't even explain it. Cause you like, you're the best record in, in the West and you win 60 plus games and then your two stars just disappear. And you could say, okay, well, CB3 was dealing with injury. Okay. But what about Devin Booker? He wasn't dealing with injury. You know, I mean, he was just, he just couldn't make a shot the last couple of games. And, you know, it's, it's the Kardashian like, curse. Yeah, it strikes again. It strikes again. You can't, you can't avoid it, man. You know, you, you really can't avoid it. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that's, that, that's been the biggest thing. Like Brooklyn's a big surprise, you know, uh, because a lot of people were kind of thinking like, oh man, are they just about to ruin basketball and, and just, just limp into the playoffs and just run through the table once they get into the playoffs. And then Phoenix, because a lot of people were penciling in it like a Milwaukee-Phoenix rematch. And yeah, I was. Both, yeah, both of those teams are, are out in the second round now. Obviously, Milwaukee dealing, you know, losing Middleton just killed them, you know, and yeah. which understandable. But so who do you guys like out of uh, each conference final? I think maybe the previous board had said, you know, I fancied the Heat and the Suns, but which wasn't, you know, both top of the conferences, so it wasn't a big, a big uh, stretch. But I, I do love the the heat depth. I mean, we we talked about it already. That you know, the fact that you know Robinson and and Lowry are, you know, nowhere to be seen, and you know they're still just rolling. You know, they haven't lost a home game. I don't think the Bam's just playing out his mind at the minute. He's just a fantastic player. So. Kind of both conference finals, the way I see it is that probably the form teams, I know the Heat, Heat have been playing good, but they have been a little bit up and down. But I'd still trust them over the Celtics. Probably the Celtics are the form team out of the two. They're, they're, they're in the best form, but I'd still trust the Heat more. You know, Spolstra maybe, you know, just the experience throughout the team is fantastic. And the same in the West, to be honest. I'd say the you know Dallas are the form team, but I'd probably just trust the the Warriors to kind of their experience bring them through, and you know got an experienced coach, we've got those three players that have been there and done it, you know, seen everything, and I think that's again maybe just enough to get them through. I, th- I think I'd probably go Heat Heat Warriors. It's going to be the the Heat and the Warriors as well, as well. You talked about that that uh, Omar, uh, the older guys and the Warriors that they, they won the, the dynasty. They played. Oh, they they didn't play the Heat. They did play. They played LeBron and the Cavs only, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was going to say they played the Heat. No, but they didn't play the the the, the Heat in the finals. I was going to say they changed from one Heat to the other Heat, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's it failed. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be the Heat again with the. Uh, back in the finals with another core which is amazing they're going back into the finals in three years two times uh, they can go to the finals after losing lebron and wade and bosch and everything so it's it's really amazing and the golden state warriors i think they have a great shot of winning it all again like i said before i think it's a great shot i'm not even like bothering with this east conference finals because i hate both teams so much um (laughs) to be honest I don't know, man. It's uh, something that feels special about Boston this year. And I didn't expect them to win last night coming off of a game seven, you know, and, and they didn't, I don't know. I just had, and they got like, I just feel like Tatum is ascending right now. And so I feel like they could, they could might be able to eke out some magic there, but I wouldn't be surprised if either team won, but I'm going to go with the Celtics there. Robert Williams is back as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge, huge for them. You know, and then the West, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, ever since the first round, I felt like this was the Warriors conference to lose. You know, it was just like, they just have been so impressive. And, you know, Jordan Poole has turned into a real player. I like what, I like what Kaminga does and uh, Mm -hmm. defensively for them, you know, kind of unsung hero there, but 
I kind of like them to to kind of maybe beat the Mavs in, in that conference final. The, the only thing with the Warriors is, that, I mean, Steph has been up and down this season. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's shooting he's stats are still, step, you know, still ridiculous, still ridiculous compared to other players. But they're not. He's not the he's not the old Steph. Clay, as much as we love seeing Clay back, is not quite there right. yet. You know, and Poole's actually dropped off a hell of a lot in the last couple of games. Some people say he's been found out a bit, you know, on the defensive end. But and Draymond's just Draymond, you know. He, you know, he's he, he gives the you that kind of, of just just kind of consistency, you know, and organization. So yeah, I, I still fancy them, but you know, they're not quite the old warriors. You know, there's right. definitely there's definitely going to be a transition phase fairly soon, and these young guys coming through. But yeah. it's how they manage that, which is going to be interesting. But. You know, maybe maybe they won't have enough to get past the heat if uh, the heat gets through. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree be, with uh... you about the Celtics, Omar. Like, uh, as much as I hate the Celtics, like I generally look at their team and love their team. You know, and you think about early in the season when Adoko was like, you know, slagging off the Cel- the, the players in the press, and they were talking about how Tatum and Brown can play together, all this kind of stuff, and you know, Robert Williams. Could, they thought, oh, that's a big contract for Robert Williams, but he's when he's been healthy, he's looked fantastic as well. So, yeah, and they've answered they've answered a lot of critics, I think, uh, this season, and they're just on a roll in general since the last. Amazing what a what a little bit of winning does for you, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. This is a couple hours before Game One of the Western Conference Finals. So you know, I'll be tuning into that, of course. Uh, we'll see. Um, it's the only conference final I'm watching, <laughs> dude. Like people didn't believe me. They're like, "Yeah, whatever. You're you're still gonna watch." Like, nope. Like it's why I couldn't watch. Uh, like I could watch Miami Atlanta. You know, I was just like, they just both annoy me so much. You know, and I'm just like, no, I'm good. You know. For, I watched Boston Brooklyn just because I really want to see Brooklyn implode. You know yes. that, that was very important for me. But <laughs> that, that um, was a that was a tough one for me. They, they're my two yeah. least favorite teams. Yeah, there you go. Like with, it was, the, with the Lakers just kind of hanging in the was, background. It was painful to me to have to cheer for Boston because I really wanted the Nets to lose. Yeah. badly and they did. So well, I have I was, the same problem you have, Alex, with the with the Celtics. Like. Yeah, of course, you don't like Celtics. You don't like Celtics fans. But their players are good. Like, I like Tatum. I, I like Marcus Smart. I mean, Marcus Smart could play for my team any day of the week. You know, it's, yeah. he's just yeah, – he, he's a – Jalen Brown's great. I mean, I love Robert Williams. Robert Williams is what Mitch should be, you know. Yeah. He's like yeah. the highest version of Mitchell Robinson is probably Robert Williams type thing. Moving on, let's talk a little bit of uh, trade talk. So – Let's start with Phoenix. Phoenix had such a terrible loss in game seven. It's the type of loss that breaks up teams, to be honest, because they had no chance. Like, from they were down 30 at the half. They were down 40, 50 points at one point. It was just terrible. Nothing was going in. Like, you saw people in the stands just, like, looking confused. Like, how is this happening? It, it, it was so bad. And... So there have been reports coming out that DeAndre Ayton now is uh, probably not going to be retained by the team. And when you look at Phoenix's cap situation, uh, unless they somehow trade Chris Paul, which I don't think is going to happen at this point, Ayton's really their only chip to move. So they could, you know, know, get more assets for him in a sort of sign and trade deal. So uh, should you guys think that the Knicks should take a run at Ayton? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Rafa, you want to start with this one? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I can I can start it. I was thrown under the bus by our boy Mario. So, yeah, uh, to clear the water, man. Omar started things up. Omar posted that and well, should we trade for him? And I was like, yeah, let's let's post a, uh, a trade to see, see what happens. Oh, my God. People are insane. I mean... Obviously, it's kind of a bait. Julius Randle and Mitch for, for Aiton. And I was thinking, maybe people will talk about Julius Randle. No, no, no. Like 50% of the people started saying that Mitch was better than DeAndre Aiton. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Maybe in offensive rebounds, yes. Mitch would be perfect 
the best offensive rebound in the league last last year would be perfect with the Suns. The Knicks all all we all all season long been talking about having a center that can actually score a basket other than a putback or an alley-oop. So yeah, Aiden would be great. Getting him the max, I don't know. I don't know if what Aiden did to prove he deserves a max contract. Probably the Pistons will give him. But I mean, it was it was I was laughing so much looking at those comments. All the that stuff about Aiden not being good, Aiden being so, he's soft, he's he's no good, he's you he wouldn't handle New York, he, everything. I mean, you're blaming him for for the Phoenix losing in the playoffs. He's not getting the ball. That's what he wants. Yeah. But if I can get, if they only want Mitch and we get Aiton and Aiton says, okay, I'm not going for the max. I'll take a little less, which is my concern. I don't, I don't think he wants a little less. I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I love Mitch, but Aiton is better. He was a number one pick. Mitchell wasn't. It was a second round pick. So, yeah. It sums it up perfectly. And if we had to add a, a, a pick to, to, to help that, do it. I don't mind. Fits the, fits the or, age or Rando. as well. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> or both. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Man, but if he fits the, the age, I mean, he's younger. He's a younger young center. Mm-hmm. He fits the, the ages of, the, of our team. So if we, I don't I wouldn't mind. Maybe we can try trade for Aiton and Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. <laughs> trade every trade everyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let it's... me let me ask you guys something real quick before you go, Alex. Mm-hmm. So, no, let's say you you're Aiton, and the Knicks come to you, and the Pistons come to you as far as signing, and let's say the Pistons just dump the whole max at him, whatever that may be for him. I'm not. I have, I don't really have his cap details or anything like that in front of me, but or in the Knicks coming from as well and maybe offer him a little less. And, you know, the Knicks try to sell him on the fact like we're trying to get back into the playoffs. We had a slight step back, but, you know, you'll be so marketable here in New York. Look what happened for Julius Randle's marketability. Look at RJ Barrett's Puma deal, you know, and they'll probably use that as a pitch. I mean, let's, let's be honest, guys, you know, yeah. and you know what, what the business would use. Look at huh. what the fans did to Randall. Look, look. <laughs> but the Pistons are going to say, hey, you get to play with Cade Cunningham, exciting young player, and we're going to give you a bunch of money. If you're Aiton, which way do you go? Do you just say, fuck it, take the money? Or do you say, well, you know, there's a little – because, you know, Aiton played for a prestigious college program in Arizona, so who knows how much that matters to him. So that's kind of my wonder on, on Aiton is what's really his priority. Is it just about getting paid? You know, he's, his, his rookie deal wasn't a terrible contract. It was four years, 40 million. So he's making pretty decent money already. So I mean, where, where do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I, th- I think guys of that age and on their first, you know, post rookie contract are always, we always take the money. I, th- I think, uh, especially a guy that's the number one pick, you know, that, He'll somebody will give him the full max, whatever it is, and I'm assuming it's not too far from, you know, the numbers that were floated around for RJ. I was going to ask you, Rafa, that you mentioned about the fact that what what he's done to kind of deserve a max deal, but I mean, we were having the same argument about RJ. You know, what's you know kind of you know what's what's RJ really done to deserve you know a full max contract? You know, I mean, Aiton certainly, Aiton certainly, you know. You know, you look at his stats, his stats are still good. You know, certainly comparable to RJ. He's got to conference finals last year, you know, and he's still a solid, solid player. But, I, you know, I, I, I just think position-wise, you know, I would really be surprised if certainly, you know, Tibbs would sign off on, you know, taking a centre um, for that kind of money. You know, Tibbs seems to like just the fact of having somebody that can protect the rim, you know, and be a de- uh, defending first big, you know, and I, 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 I don't really see it. I don't, it's, not the, it's not the worst uh, trade idea I've seen, and uh, depending on the price, I'd obviously be, I'd, I'd like to look at it, but 
I, I don't know. Just thinking about it today, I just didn't really see. I didn't really see it happening, to be honest. But it was an it was an interesting one. It's not the, it's not the um, the kind of usual just kind of nonsense trade trade ideas that you see on Twitter. Do you know that I actually thought you know it's a, it's an interesting one. So I could I could see it being fair value. Yeah, yeah. that contract's gonna be a problem. So to answer your question on what the max is for Aiton, um, so Phoenix can offer him five years, hundred seventy seven million. And if he goes the other another route with another team, they can only offer him four years, but it would be a max of 131 million. Right. Um, so you know you're talking pretty big money here for for DeAndre. He will take Aiden. that money. He will take that money. It, yeah. So so many players that didn't take that money the first time, and then something happens in their careers, and they don't they don't get that yeah. bag again. So young players, the first contract tend to go for the money, and then start thinking about their best. Uh, positioning to to win titles so well yeah agent see. agent wise agents are always going to push their clients down that way and that mm-hmm. they'll say well you come off the back of your second contract you're still going to be young enough you know that you know you can go wherever you like or, or kind of manufacture a career to go to a winner if it's not worked out but uh, yeah i think so, somebody will offer him the money and oh, yeah, I, just, sure. I just don't especially when we're talking about big money for rj that uh, we've already committed money to to Randall as well. I, I, yeah, I can't I can't see it. I think they're going to be looking at other positions to to, to fill yeah, yeah. on bigger money. So it's like what I've been telling you guys too lately is like I firmly think this team thinks that RJ is their is their future star. Like everybody always talks about, we got to bring in a superstar. We got to bring in Donovan Mitchell. We got to bring in Damian Lillard. We got to bring in whoever. I really think the team believes RJ is that guy. And I think they're going to max him out either this summer or next summer, whatever they do. And so what kind of optics is that if you give Aiton four for 130? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the RJ's like, well, fuck me, I guess. You know, and and so that's why I don't think it's going to happen, you know, personally. Um, what could happen, though, is this Rockets trade that has been popping up a bit which is um, kind of a salary dump, you know, expiring contract thing uh, where with taking on Christian Woods contract uh, from the Rockets, he's a uh, expiring deal there in Houston. Uh, Rafa, remind me, it was Wood and Bledsoe? Is that what it was? No, or... Gordon. Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, I'm sorry. I've t- yeah. messed up my Eric's there, my bad. <laughs> Who would the, the Knicks be sending back in, in that proposed deal? Remember, it was uh, Grimes, Cam, and uh, Mitch, oh, yeah, okay. no, Mitch, it would and two picks, two first round picks, 11th and next year. So it would be, uh, oh, I think we, we would be giving out Kemba as well. So it was our dump, it was Kemba. Is, and, is Eric Gordon expiring next summer? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think he is. He was a two year. I'm surprised this would. guy is still I remember seeing it, I remember seeing it last year. Of, at the trade deadline because he was the ones we talked about being a maybe a guy who could help us to guard. so he he, had he hits free agency year. in 2024 so he's got wow okay so yeah. he still has a couple of years yeah. left so it will be <laughs> it's and it way too much to give up to to well we we don't want to eric gordon's contract is not a small contract so yeah, it makes twenty yeah. million a year. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's so decent amount of money. No, thank you. That's what was like. We really gotta get out of the, this habit of being this team that wants to take on these shit contracts in the hopes of because like, what are you really doing here? You know, by by doing this trade, like, I just it just it doesn't make know. any sense to me. Like, what what does acquiring Eric Gordon do for you and, and Christian Wood do for you? Well, it was it was a, a, a it was Rocket fans take talking about it so it yeah okay. makes sense because getting cam getting uh grimes getting mitch it would be pretty awesome for them so i think it was you know mitch, what though they like still that. need a i mean i guess they get kemba in that scenario it's like they still need a Ooh. fucking point guard over there in houston you know that's like you, you talk about us needing a point guard which is true but they really need a point guard i mean they they were having uh kevin porter and uh jalen green trying to run the point at points last year and yeah it just didn't work and i mean obviously they're they have top three pick in the draft as a result so but yeah, i don't i don't see us to be fair 
she is making a, a trade or something, but to move players around because right now we have too many players, especially if Tibbs only plays eight or nine or whatever. Like I wouldn't be I, surprised, I just like dump some of these guys for future yeah. seconds or or, yeah. or conditional firsts or some shit like that. Like you, know, the main priority of this offseason, I'll be honest, has to be getting rid of Kemba. I mean, that's just going to be a a black cloud and over the franchise until he's. What gone. about Noel? Yeah, I was I mean, going to say, uh, who, who else do you think? Who else do you think is on the kind of? I think Burks could of... be traded, honestly. Like yeah. I don't know, I Burks. Do you think, think he's? Yeah, we we've been kind of holding him back for like package and a, and a deal for. A, you know, a good player, whereas if we're just dumping them for picks and things like that, it seems a bit of a waste. Nah, Burks a... will be kind of a sweet in the deal. If yeah. he's not the greatest player, but can, he can be helpful to a, a, a playoff, a like, real contender. Like, you guys know I've been, like, banging this Colin Sexton drum, and <laughs> like, if that's really going to happen, Burks is probably a player that's in that package. Like, Burks and Noel are probably in that package that you send back to Cleveland. To, as, well. as far as part of a signing trade, yeah, to get to get Colin Sexton because he's restricted, you know. So, yeah. so, but speaking of trades and who you're touching, there's another report that came out that Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett are viewed as untouchable by the Knicks. Yeah, one first part should they be both be untouchable? And second, is anyone else untouchable in your guys' opinion? I was going to bring that up when you mentioned. The next viewing RJ as a, the, a, the future star. I was going to mention that because, well, it took a, a really have a really uh, pain of my chest because everybody was talking about trading RJ Barrett, and I was uh, considering if we traded RJ Barrett, stop being an, an ex fan until I healed. So <laughs> <laughs> that's done. So I can still I can keep being an ex fan. It makes sense. I mean, at least maybe. Maybe they, they try something like that because the trade, maybe someone's they're making, trying to make moves. So, and in what way, maybe you already Mitchell. know they're asking for quickly, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Just like that's no, why stop, it came out. <laughs> stop, stop asking about RJ. Stop asking about quickly. We're not trading any of these guys to pair them, pair them with Julius Randle. You want Randle? You can have him. No, but it, it's like, I know, I know, I know, Omar. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But it's what, but the, what the friend, uh, the front oh, man just saying, caught a stray. Oh my god! <laughs> but it's, but it's what the front office, front office is saying. If they're the only two guys that are untradeable, and Julius Randall is not off the hook, maybe some someone will buy him. Yeah, we talked about this before. I don't know why. I have no idea. I can't explain this, but I think we shouldn't trade Cam as well. I don't know if it's linked to that. Inner, de- inner desire to feel pain because uh, I want Zion to come here as well. I don't know. Maybe something to do with this. And uh, don't trade Grimes. Keep him. He can be really useful. I can, I can, I can, I can see those threes falling in the playoffs in that big game. That those corner threes coming from Grimes. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Like quickly into the corner to Grimes bang. I can, I can, I can feel it. So don't trade him. I, I said to you guys earlier, Grimes is is off the list for me as well. Like he's one of my favourite players in the team. I think I almost feel as attached to him as I do RJ, and and like That's saying just exi- yeah. yeah, just excite, just exciting for the future. I've seen in like a, you know, you see a player and you just see it, you know, sexual. like a spark. Do you know, like a, a, just a little spark of like, like potential star do you know like the, he's got something special do you know he's not just a you know, some people are trying to pigeonhole him as just a guy that kind of does a bit of everything and yeah and that that's that's true in respect but he does have you know that potential star quality I, I mean, think and he has some I of that love his game that clay thompson in a man where yeah. like great yeah. catch and shoot game excellent on ball defense good size you know that's I'm not saying he's Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's like a top 10 shooter of all time, but you're looking at that kind of mold, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. you know, Grimes is untouchable to me right Every now. shot he takes, I feel like it's going in. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's... The stroke is just immaculate. I'm just glad that people see, I'm hoping people see this and stop mocking quickly to Portland or quickly to Utah or quickly to wherever the fuck you want to send it. Like before we start recording, we were talking about just like, I just think that quickly you just gotta give him a chance to 
run this team and just to see what he has. Like you, and the thing is, they're always going to be linked because they're teammates. You know, the Philly kind of let Maxi go, and you know he had some playoff moments this year, and he overall played pretty well. And the fact that he was playing pretty decently for the most part, with the James Harden deteriorating before our eyes, that says something. I just think you can't, you can't get rid of him. I think ultimately they're going to have to make a decision between Ob and Randall, like who they want to yeah. keep, who. And that's going to be – that might happen this offseason. That might happen next year uh, at the trade deadline. But I think inevitably yeah. that's what you're going to – you're going to have to make that decision, you know. And the well, fan we, base we, seems to think it's Randall, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we talked about that early in the year, didn't we, that we thought there was still a little bit of time before, you know, Obi, Obi said a couple of com- like little comments and press conferences towards the end of this year. Where he didn't, he didn't kind of say he was starting to get frustrated with you know the time he was getting and the opportunities that he was getting. But we talked about it early in the year that it's going to come. There's going to be a point, maybe, maybe at some point yeah. next season, where you know agents start whispering in his ear and just saying, you know, we can get you something elsewhere. And you know he's going to start thinking, getting frustrated, you know, with Randall still being there. And it looks like Randall's going to be here certainly in the short term, so um, it's going to be a real young. interesting one to watch. Because Obi is young, but he's not that young. Yeah, exactly. So he he, he should be looking at things uh, in another way. I don't want to start another conversation, but if, as long as we have Tibbs, I don't think there's a, a choice between Randall and Obi to him. I think he, he will choose Randall. If we somewhat change coaching staff maybe he can see it in a different way i don't i don't know if it's uh just might be just me thinking like this but i think tibbs will always pick randall and if we don't have tibbs it's a different conversation so i mean maybe maybe obc maybe obi knows the the kind of um you know the plan further down the line for replacing tips maybe he knows that maybe um you know johnny bryant's scheduled to come in maybe in a year's time or something so that'll be enough to keep him satisfied knowing that he'll get his chance when when Tibbs goes maybe like like you said you know the whole structural change and if it is Brian that comes in he'll maybe be somebody that looks more towards you know kind of promoting the youth and things like that so yeah I mean we'll see uh obviously you guys know where I stand on this you don't need to (laughs) rehash that but yeah, I mean, it should be interesting to see how they handle their power forward spot moving forward because OB did show you at the end of the year he, he's got something. You know, he, yeah. you know, he, he had pretty good performances to close out the year while Julius rested, and you know, he, he he's not looking like he can't play. So you know, we'll his see. Shot was looking a lot better as well. Yeah, I mean, his, his game overall, man, it was it, you could see the improvement over his like rookie year and and earlier in the year last year. It's just that, that thing, like. If he was 21 or 22, it, it's a different conversation. Like, Randall is 27, he in Ope Toppin is 24. It was still, I mean, if he was a, his potential to develop is not as great as other players from his draft because he's an older, adult, an older uh, player already. People really, really want to have to see Obi like, uh, Okay, he's really, really good. He's, he will be a, 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 an amazing star. Right now, maybe he, he can do what, eh, probably what Randall does. I don't see him being better than Julius Randall. A good Julius Randall, not, <laughs> not no effort Julius Randall. Just like that. Yeah. But you see, do you, okay, I, I have Julius Randall. Do I trade him to keep the same version of a player, but he can dunk better? He can dunk. Okay. I mean, it's a tough situation. If he was younger, I think the discussion would be a lot bigger. I, th- I think it'd be a no-brainer for the Knicks if yeah. Obi was a better defender, honestly. Like, he was he, better he on improve. ball defense. He's he not better, improve. but but you could say, you could talk yourself into, okay, he's a little bit younger, and we can, and, you know, we don't have, like, these perception issues that Julius has right now, and, but... You know, I, I believe in Julius, though. I mean, I, I think he, he'll have a, a turnaround season, you know, maybe not quite uh, of his 2020 campaign, but I think he'll have a slight uh, bounce back Can, as he gets Omar, just a quick thing, like, uh, 
on Ovi, like I've been critical of him in the past as well. But the one thing that I really like about him is, you know, his attitude and his work rate. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's this is something that I'll talk about when we when we go more into the draft stuff as well. It's it's almost the first thing I look at on draft prospects is that kind of and I know a lot of them say, oh, you know, he's got this kind of, you know never out the gym attitude and all that but you can tell the difference between the ones that are really you know wired differently in that way um but and i I love the fact that the knicks have all the draft picks pretty much in the last few years have all had that in them i mean you look at iq you look at uh, rj you look at um grimes you know they've all got that kind of they look like they've got that kind of killer instinct in them Whereas guys in the past, like that we've had that have been high draft picks, like we've maybe not drafted them, but like Moody and you know Dennis Smith Jr., these kind of guys that are just you know they just don't seem to have it, you know. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, even Frank, uh, to be honest, yeah. um, you know, just don't have that real kind of killer instinct. And I think I think that's 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 a major thing I look for in a, in a draft prospect. So. Um, and I think that's why, you know, we've, we've talked about this season about how a lot of these players have improved and, you know, Tibbs has got to take some credit for that. But I think it's just it's just in their in their nature. You know, these are these are guys that just refuse to 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 not be in the gym and, and improve every single day. So uh, I love that about Grimes, especially um, going back to, to Grimes again. <laughs> yeah, any any yeah. excuse to bring up Grimes in oh, in a yeah, complimentary yeah. fashion. Uh, <laughs> but let's uh, let's move into the lottery stuff, man. So the lottery was last night. It was right before Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know the Knicks had a real slim chance to break into the top three. You know, it was like two percent to get the top <laughs> pick. You know, we ended up where we're where we should have ended up, I guess. You know, we didn't go up or down. We ended up with the eleventh pick, That's but not it. Bad. Uh, yeah, not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's what our record was, you know. <laughs> so I, I guess you can't be too mad about it. Uh, I personally wasn't expecting any sort of move up, you know. Pers- I th- I didn't think they were going to crack the top three like that. I thought, you know, they'd be at, they'd probably be at eleven, you know, maybe twelve, and uh, that ensures ensures how there they are. But it illustrates an interesting dynamic with the Knicks where. Ever since the 1985 draft, which is, of course, when you got Patrick Ewing, the Knicks have never moved uh, moved up in the draft when they've been in the lottery. Obviously, there was like a big gap, you know, like like the Knicks weren't in the lottery at all in the 90s, for example. Like, so there was like a 15 year gap of them not being in the lottery. But but yeah, they've never moved up. They've uh, stood pat, but they've moved down. Let's see, uh, seven different times in the in the team's history since the lottery was happened. So, I mean, what do you guys make of that, man? What do you guys make of this lack of lottery luck? And you juxtapose that with like the Magic, who got a number one pick for Again. the fourth <laughs> time in their franchise history. You know, so yeah, what do you guys make of that? You know, of this lack of luck in the lottery when it comes to the Knicks. As somebody who understands percentages and things like that, uh, sometimes, uh, but as a sports fan, uh, yeah, it's just so frustrating. But I, I, I didn't even stay up for the lottery draw this time. I knew it was, I knew what was coming. I had a quick look at my phone when I got up in the morning, and it was just a shrug of the shoulders. And <laughs> on with my day, I was like, I knew it was going to happen. Um, as you said, I even possibly thought we might drop to twelve. So <laughs> yeah, you're right, Rafa. We'll, we'll get a good player, eleven and twelve. This draft seems to be pretty deep. They're pretty deep with good players. Nothing they don't even the top two guys who who everybody seems to think are on a level themselves. I don't think either of those look like they're potentially going to be anything. We talk about franchise changing, but uh, you know that kind of level. But yeah, it seems like a pretty good draft, and I think we'll we'll get somebody there at eleven. I'm thinking less and less that they're going to trade the pick now. I, I, I thought that's where they were going to go if they stayed at eleven, but. I'm actually thinking they might just uh, either trade down or just take it where it is, because well, it's I kind of feel like you know they might they might try something like they did last year, trying to create extra picks and things like that. I don't think if if you know the big moves aren't aren't, aren't there for people like Mitchell and things like that. I, you know I don't see any huge problem with just rolling it back with pretty much the same roster as last year. You know getting to the stage of this time next year where. 
guys like uh, IQ, Obi, you know, Grimes that have uh, got another year's experience of them. We know a little bit more what they can do and where, what their ceiling is. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, we, it, as you mentioned before, uh, Omar, we just need to get away from this kind of short-term thinking and just think, you know, you know, constantly thinking we've got a trade for a star right here, right now. But if the deal's not there, then I'm glad you don't do it. Like, I couldn't believe some of the outrage at the deadline you know, because they never made a move and you're like, well, if there's nothing there, then you want them to do nothing, do you know? Uh, you know, uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it, it, it's, it's a big possibility they might just roll it back, draft somebody at 11, make some minor moves to clear some roster spots and, and, and just, just go with the development again. Answering your question, Omar, the NBA gods, the basketball gods hate the Knicks. So that's... Oh, Rafa, there's a big market bias. Yes. It's rigged for the Lakers and the Knicks. What, what are you talking about? Rigged it's for rigged. the Knicks. It's, it's rigged. rigged for the Knicks. Obviously, small yeah. markets never get the number one pick. What are you talking about? My God. <laughs> oh, my God. That brand. Uh, <laughs> but I hate yeah, the fucking they... the, the commentary. Well, what one? I well, Real quick, I don't, don't want to yeah. cut you off, but no, no, quick, no. Like, I hate the whole sports are rigged argument that people have all the time you know yeah. like oh these outcomes are predetermined because vegas uh, determined it the bookmakers know blah 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 blah. like okay whatever dude like this isn't professional wrestling calm the fuck down and <laughs> like to the like, people are like oh yeah the nba they just really want these big market teams like if they really wanted that if they why would zion williamson have gone to new orleans the worst fucking market like he looked like he was gonna be the most marketable fucking player in a decade to be and, fair that's sometimes they're, they're kind of sketchy. I know it's I, I I don't believe that that it's rigged, but it's kind of sketchy. The thing with the Cavaliers drafting multiple first round picks before Cavs. LeBron goes, and the Cavs, yeah, and the thing that oh they want to trade Anthony Davis, but right after the the Chris Paul trade was uh, right after, not right after, but the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers was. Vito yeah, I mean because... that's what that's what gives them ammunition, yeah, right? That's yeah, what gives people yeah. ammunition. They're like, oh well, they. But when you really look into that whole situation, they had to get signed off from the rest of the league because the league owned the team at the time. If they didn't own the team, it would have went through, you know. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's like just my overall point. Like I, I'm just tired of this whole like, oh, there's a big market bias. So of course, like the the Knicks and. Any team in a big market, us, Miami, Lakers, uh, Boston, you know, is going to Chicago, is going to be, you know, like has some sort of preferential treatment. And you look at like outside of Chicago and the Lakers in the bubble, all those teams have sucked. You know, like we've sucked. You know, Boston's no. been good. Chicago's sucked. Like the Lakers have been shit outside of the bubble. You know, like it's just like where is this big market bias? One of the most exciting young teams in the league is in Memphis, like the second worst market in the league. You know, it's it, Minnesota has an exciting young core. Who the fuck wants to play in Minnesota? Nobody. It's like, Giannis. Giannis, it's Giannis, stayed Giannis in is Milwaukee. in Milwaukee. Yeah, like, he stayed in Milwaukee. <laughs> like players don't care about that shit anymore with the internet mm. and social media. It's, it's it's so overblown. But go ahead, Ralph. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh. It's great. I'm not being the the, the ranty one, <laughs> but you're but you sp you're speaking very well. Because he comes so, yeah. from a small market like Detroit, that's why. <laughs> you no, know, he's got that chip in his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, that's that must be it. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, getting into the draft, it's um, to me. I don't know any player. I don't. I don't pretend to know players. I don't pretend to discover players on Twitter. I don't. I mean, I don't know anybody, so yeah. I just look at the draft, look at the team, and think maybe we can pick uh, this player to help us out or a player like this to help us out. Saying it, seeing as we don't have uh, great point guards this year, so at 11, maybe we can get that uh, Ty Ty Washington everybody mentions as, as well, but he won't be uh, a savior. I, I, I don't believe so. Seeing that there are so many centers and seeing we have a problem in our centers because we don't know if Mitch stays, Noel is Noel, always injured. 
and we only have Sims, I don't know if we can look at a center to draft and just say, okay, Mitch, you don't want to sign for 10 or 11, you want 15, 16, go get that somewhere else. And we maybe get another center as well. It's a, a way they can look at it. And I honestly, seeing it's a draft, we if there's someone they really like in this draft, probably Tibbs will, oh, this is my guy, and he will pick him and then let him rot on the bench. Other than that, maybe we can... I agree with Alex saying that we can, maybe we can trade this pick uh, another first in the future or uh, something or something like that, because we need to figure out what we have right now. If we get another guy to that pot, it's uh, probably way too many players to, to have. And we, we got lost. It's a problem as well. I'm looking at this. If they keep the pick, so I'm looking at a, a mock right now on uh, CBS Sports, and they got the Knicks taking uh, Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. Who's a, a player? Yeah, yeah. So I like the main two guys I kind of thought of immediately once the pick was announced are Matherin and Ty Ty Washington. But another guy who might be, if the Knicks let Mitch walk, uh, is this guy Jalen Duran out of uh, Memphis? Yeah, and, that's the one. Uh, yeah, yeah, six eleven, two fifty. You know, rim running shot blocker fits the mold of what Tibbs wants in the center. Uh, you can maybe get a guy like that. I wouldn't be opposed to uh, maybe trading down, like you mentioned, Alex. And uh, I mean, they had success with it last year. If they identify a guy that they really like that might be there in the mid teens, and they could get a, a second round pick added onto it, you know, yeah, why not? You know, I think. I think this front office is smart. I trust the scouting department. Uh, I mean, realistically, like the past two drafts, they've done really well. You know, uh, you know last year with uh, McBride and Sims and uh, Grimes, they've all seemed like been, you know, they're contributing NBA role players. Obviously, year before that with IQ and Obium. And, and, you know, we also got, you know, Rokas over there overseas. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it's, uh, I look at them as, uh, yeah, I trust the scouting department. And uh, I, I think that this team knows what they're doing. But let's play the hypothetical game real quick. Before, uh, before you move on, I, I was yeah. just here laughing because I was, I love these, uh, when, you know, when they compare the, the, the picks to former players or, or players. Yeah. I love these. I love these, these things. Shed Holmgren, shades of Gen Z Paul Gasol. What the fuck? Can I, can I like, talk about can I talk about him real quick? Dude, Holmgren. What's a jumbo Darius Garland, by the way? What's a jumbo Darius Garland? I like don't a know. Bigger what's, Darius Garland? Who, I don't know. Yeah. Jumbo. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Holmgren, like, I don't know how much uh American college basketball you guys watch, but if you watch Holmgren, he's really lanky. I have so many durability concerns. He's got range, you know, and he, he his his pretty big wingspan, so he can rebound pretty well. But I, man, I just like think about it. It's like he might be getting abused by the uh, defenders, and you know, a lot of people think that he might go to the Magic at number one, or possibly go number two to Oklahoma City. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he like him I think him and Poco Poco would be nice to next to each other. Yeah, there you go. You know, two skinniest guys in the league. Yeah, exactly. I, I really liked uh, Jabari Smith coming out of Auburn. I think he's probably mm-hmm. the best player in the draft. I know a lot of people like Ben Carroll out of Duke as well. I mean, those are kind of your top three. You know, those are going to be your top Ivy or Keegan Murray or Shaden Sharp are going to be your number four players. So we'll see how that goes. But Shaden Sharp's a bit of an unknown, isn't he? Like he saying that he could drop, but maybe not. Obviously, not as far as the eleven. But he's somebody that you could maybe, you know, move up to a few places and maybe target there because uh, oh, yeah. he's a bit of an unknown. So it might be more down to how he does and, you know, workouts and things like that as to how high he will go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, he never really played for Kentucky and you don't really know what it is. And, you know, he put a little workout tape the other day. It looked pretty good. But, you know, who, <laughs> who's judging anything off a workout tape, right? But, uh if the let's say the Knicks are looking to get rid of their pick, you know, maybe to move up in the draft or maybe to package it for another player, uh, you guys see that happening? And if so, you know, who you what do you think they might do? I, I think they'll try. And I, I, we talked about last last year with moving down and getting extra picks, but 
they definitely tried to move up, you know. So, you know, I think they'll try that that again. Again, if the right offers there, then they could do it. But um, it's so hard, you know, when when teams are, are kind of set at a certain position, and you know, to trade down is quite a tough thing to do. Um, you've got to be kind of sure you're you're getting the right deal. But it's such a, I don't know. Again, I've 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 still got to do some research on 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 the prospects, but. I see it as you know, quite a, quite a deep draft, but also not a, after the first two or three players. There's not a huge difference between them, so possibly moving up or down is something that that is manageable. I don't think we'll get anywhere close to the, the top three. I think you need to give up a lot for that, but yeah, I think it's possible that they could move up without any any huge loss of assets or anything like that. So I think they'll give it a go, and if it doesn't work out, then the options there still to just stay where they are or, or move down. But I think, yeah, they'll try that first. If there was a, a real point guard, a true, a true whatever yeah. it is right now, a true point guard in the maybe top five, not the top five, right? but not the top three, but the five or the six drafted, uh, no, because Jaden Ivey's at the five, but people say he's a combo guard. He's not the, the, the point yeah. guard. So maybe if there was someone, a real point guard at the, to be drafted at the five or six, maybe we could try and move up. I uh, need to draft a point guard when you're about to sign Colin Sexton, Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, prepare for Ricky, Ricky Rubio. Um, <laughs> or, you've, or you've still got Alec Burks as well. You know, Tyus Jones Ooh. coming in here. What are you talking about, guys? Oh, my God. Alec Burks, the point guard. I completely blanked that out of my mind. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't see us moving up because there's I mean they're forward they're wings we have wings we have forwards so I don't know if if they really want Jaden Ivey because he's the only one I think we can go after or if you believe that one of the uh the guys uh the sharp the, the sharp you were mentioning or uh Keegan Murray and other power forward if you think he's the guy oh no he's the guy we will play the uh, trade Julius and Obi will play him I don't know. I don't think so, but uh, I don't see us moving up to any one of these guys. And if Colin Sexton is coming, I don't know who we're trading the pick. So I'm I'm taking that as a guarantee. You trade the Dallas way. pick to get Colin Sexton. What are you talking about? No. No. <laughs> I honestly, guys, I think if they if they're moving up in the draft, I think it's for Keegan Murray. If they see he's dropping, like for whatever reason, let's say he drops out of like the top five or six. And he's like there at seven for Portland. And maybe they cook up some sort of deal to get him uh, because he, he checks a lot of boxes that Thibodeau likes. Pretty decent defender. Good score. Shot nearly 40% from three in college this past year. 23 points a game, you know, so he could definitely fill it up. And, you know, decent size at six, eight. He, he If you talk about like a Julius Randle replacement, you know, that's yeah. – That's the guy, right? If the, if the idea is you draft him and you alongside Obi, and then you see, you know, who's the better guy. And I think the Knicks like these, these kind of like, uh, they, they like these guys with a little bit more college experience. Like you looked at, you know, Obi was a three, four year player at Dayton, quickly played two years at Kentucky. Grimes played two years in college. Uh, Jericho played four years in college at Texas. So I think they like these guys who may, who have a little bit more aren't just a one and done like a, a Ty Ty Washington would be, for example. So yeah, I, I think Murray is an interesting player to target to look at if they're thinking about moving up. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, do that. But last thing to round this out, do you guys think they are going to use this pick to acquire like a, a player from a different team? Obviously, we got, you know, like the whole Donovan Mitchell Gobert stuff going on. Uh, you know, a bunch of players, you know, we, we talk about trade pieces, like uh, as part of eight and trade, we were just, you know, jokingly talking about Colin Sexton. I mean, are they going to use this pick to trade for anybody, do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's definitely out there. As we've already talked about, the, the roster is pretty, although the, the roster isn't anywhere close to being where we want it to be, Quality wise, it's still it's still full. It's still got 14, 15 guys that can contribute on the, the roster. It does need to be trimmed down. 
especially if you're bringing in your new players. So, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's there um, as a trade chip, definitely. But I think unless unless you get one of the top targets, then I don't think they're going to move it for anything else. I think it would be part of a bigger deal. I don't think it's pretty much a, a you know a one for one or yeah I think I think it's thing that I'm sure they'll be open to using uh, as a trade chip but I cannot I can also just see them just drafting and moving on as we've already talked about so it's complicated because you don't see a lot of options out there man at least that we see maybe uh, but as we mentioned before that quickly and R J Barrett are untouchables it's clearly they're making trying to see what happened especially because that that, annou- that announcement c- comes after the the, the the lottery so you know what picks we have so probably they were searching the market to, to do something if they believe the the guys they have they don't they don't mind trading that 11 pick to to get a player to help to help get rid of some contracts not get rid of some contracts because you're you're getting something in return but to sweeten that a deal a bit I don't know. We have a. I think our concern is to get rid of players. So I don't think. I believe that pick was uh, going to get traded. I solely believe that. But the more I think of it now, I don't think it, it is. I think it's we're getting that player and we're tr- getting tried to trim trim the the our roster of some veterans. Not all of them because we need veterans to help out the young kids. But some of them especially like Noel and Kemba, as we mentioned before. I'm actually really interested in what they do with Rose this this summer as well. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, I don't a, think he's Rose... in a pretty, it's a pretty big deal, considering kind of what he's contributing right now. But And whether his, you know, his surgery that he got, you know, is going to fix all these kind of niggling issues that he's had. So, you know, I think it would be tough for Tibbs to let him go. And, you know he's shown in the last year or so how much he can contribute when he is healthy. So, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see him back. I'd love him as a player. But if he's going the same way that Kemba's going and that, you know, he's he's not going to get back to the same level he was, then, yeah, it might be quite a hard contract to move. Yeah, the Rose question is interesting because, you know, he's the type of player that a contender would love, you know, just a, a solid point guard that could give you like 20, 25 off the bench. And he makes you wonder if, like, maybe draft day, you know, one of those late first teams or early second teams, maybe they don't really like what's on the board. Maybe you think of, uh, you know, packaging a pick, that pick to, to get Rose. You know, it's uh, always a possibility. If we get that, uh, if it's calling Sexton, if it's uh, another point guard, in, you got that question mark, you got Rose, you got Quickly. You want to play if he's untouchable, it's because you want to play him more. So, but if you get another guard and you keep Rose, Quickly's going to play at the two. If Quickly plays at the two, what you do with McBride and Cam and Grant? So, if we do get another uh, guard, I think Rose will get moved in a, a one way because, like you said, a contender will pick him up. But he's, he's, he's guaranteed, he's guaranteed for 14 and a half million next season that's a lot to move for somebody that has shown serious health issues the last last few years you know so I don't know I think that's I know I know we talked last summer about how we're getting all these kind of team friendly deals that can be moved if need be but that one to me it would be a real tough one to move mm-hmm. maybe you don't move him maybe we don't get a point guard and Colin Sexton goes to another team and no more will I don't know. I'll cry. Um, yeah, I'll cry. Yeah. <laughs> and we run like like Omar said before. Uh, well, at, in the group chat, uh, maybe we run with quickly Rose and McBride. It, and I, I don't have a problem with it, honestly. No. Like I really don't. I, I just don't see like everybody wants to put these mock trades like so that you could acquire these guys from these other teams, like like the Donovan Mitchell or whatever. And I'm just like, we've tried this stuff before, you know, like gutting the team to get a a high value player. And then you look at somebody like Donovan Mitchell, it's just like, there's incredible flaws in his game. You know, he's, he's not a good defender. You know, that's well-documented and he has injury concerns. You know, it seems like he's always hurt, you know, and um, yeah, he's a prolific scorer, but he's also undersized guard with a 
huge usage rate, more of a two guard than a point. And he's like six feet even. I mean, at that point, again, you know, I'd just rather just roll with quickly and not have to give up a bunch of assets. You know, that's just kind of, I guess, like, if it means getting rid of quickly or, or RJ in the deal, I don't want to do it. You know, that's just basically where I'm at, you know. Same thing with Grimes as well. I'm not trying to get rid of him either because, again, you go back to looking at these teams that have done well in the playoffs, look at how they're built almost exclusively through the draft. Even Miami, even though, like, Jimmy's their star who they acquired in free agency, and they have Lowry as well. But, like, look at the guys who are making, like, huge strides for these guys in these games. You know, the, to get, you know, Bam has just been playing great. Tyler Hero has been good all year, sixth man of the year. You know, you look at Boston, that entire team was built yeah. internally. You yeah. know, the Warriors' entire team outside of Wiggins was built internally. And uh, the Mavs, like, yeah, they made some smart acquisitions with, with like, Bullock. And, you know, but they've developed Jalen Brunson. They've developed Finney Smith, you know. And, you know, Kleba has been developed. Powell's been developed. All these guys have been developed. Luca, obviously, you struck gold in the lottery. But, yeah, I just think you just continue to build. And, you know, you surround RJ with as much talent as possible. And you develop uh, that talent around him. So, uh, but that is going to uh, wrap us up here. Uh, for another episode of the Worldwide Next Podcast. Uh, we're going to go on another little hiatus because, you know, it's off season, so we're enjoying ourselves. Um, so we are going to be back in June uh, to talk about the draft. So we'll have two episodes before the draft and one episode after the draft. And we'll, we're looking to just break it all down, look at some prospects, and uh, hopefully the uh, old Leon and company won't let us down come come the 23rd of June. As always, <laughs> make sure you keep up keep up with us on Twitter, where we you know post theoretical DeAndre Ayton trades and make people get angry and you know get canceled by Nick Twitter. So <laughs> you can follow us uh, at it's, it's Alex um, Fult. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alex had nothing to do with this. It's just me and you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow us at ww next podcast where we just crossed the 800 follower threshold so if you are following us thank you so much if you uh, would like to keep up with us please make sure to follow us thank you for tuning in to another episode of worldwide mix and we will see you in a few weeks